Since we are learning Baba Kamada Chav Ala, page 21, we begin at the very top line. Shalach Le Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda, the Mari Bar Mar. Rabbi Abba Bar Zavda sent the following to Mari Bar Mar. Boy, me name Ravuna. They asked the question of Ravuna. If someone lives in the house of his friend without his awareness, meaning Zenan of Zelechaser, does he have to pay for him being there or not? In the meantime, so Ravuna died. So Rabbi, the son of Ravuna, said as follows: This is what my father, my teacher, said. He does not have to actually pay for the time that he spent there. Someone who rents a house from one person, Ruvain, so he has to pay Shimon. What's Shimon doing in the story? Where did he come from? If he rented the house from Ruvain, where does Shimon come into the picture? This is what he means. If he rented it from Reuven and it turns out that it actually belongs to Shimon, he says to pay the money to Shimon. It's a contradiction. First, we said that if the person is not aware that you're in his house, you don't have to pay. Then we say that you do. It depends if we're talking about a house that was normally rented out or not. If it's normally rented out, then you have to pay. If it's not normally rented out, then you don't have to pay. We have a memory that says like this. Amr Bichia Bar Avin, Bichia Bar Avin said, Amr Rav, in the name of Rav, Amr Ila, Amr Bichia Bar Avin, Amr Funa, and there are those who say that Bichia Bar Avin said the name of Rav Funa, Adav Chazer someone who lives in his friend's house, Shalom Yidaitu, without his knowledge, Ain't a Tzarek Lalas Sosachar, he does not have to pay. Vasachar buys me b'nei ha'ir, let's see, rents a house from the collective house that belongs to the people of the city, Ma'alas Sosachar Labadam, so you have to pay the owners. Ba'alam Ayavidatayu, owners, what owners are you talking about? We said it's the house that belongs to the whole city. Turns out that there are in fact owners. Milan line suckers, so you have to pay them. Tarti, so this is a contradiction. First, you said if they're not aware of it, then, then you don't have to pay them. Then we said that if they're not aware of it, you do have to pay them. Again, oh, here we're talking about a case. One, one is where, where it's usually rented out, so then you have to pay. If it's not usually rented out, then you don't have to pay. Someone who lives in his friend's house without his awareness, doesn't have to pay him. Because the verse is a place that's bereft of anyone living there, so it's going to get destroyed. Rashi explains that he's going to get destroyed by Mazik and by Shadim. They're going to ruin the place if no one's there. So therefore, I would prefer that you be in my house, even though you're not paying me. Amar Mabar of Ashi, Mabar Ashi says, I saw a house that was in fact abandoned and had been destroyed. It looked like an ox gore through the entire house. Rav Yosef, Amar Besa Miyasa Yasef. Rav Yosef says a different understanding why he doesn't have to pay, because a person would like that his house be taken care of when there are people living in the house. So if anything goes wrong, if the, if the faucet breaks, the toilet breaks, whatever it is, people take care of it. They're going to upkeep it. So that's why a person would be happy that someone should stay in his house, even if they're not getting paid. My benai, what's the difference between these two pshatim? The difference is the kamishtamish bitzibivitivna. If he's using it already for some other purpose, for example, he's using it as a storage place for his for his tavern, his straw, or whatever it is. So based on the understanding, the first understanding, which is that if no one's there, it's going to get destroyed by mazikim, so it's not going to happen since he's in and out of there. But according to the second shot, which is that it's going there's going to be upkeep, so the fact that he's using it as a storage place is not going to be an upkeep for the building. However, there was a certain person, the there was a certain guy who built a mansion on the dump that belonged to the or- to orphans. So Rav Nachman took away his mansion and gave it to the orphans. Could be, it seems that Rav Nachman holds that someone who lives in an area that belongs to someone else without his permission, so he does indeed have to pay him. So, because otherwise, why is he taking away his mansion? So, our answer is, That place originally was inhabited and was being rented out 
out to these Carmenite people. And they were giving the orphans a small amount of money. So therefore he said to this guy who built this mansion, he said, go give them a little bit of money, just like the guy before, the, the guys before that were they were giving them. And the guy didn't listen. So that's why Rav Nachman took away his mansion from him, because once he didn't listen, so he lost everything. We said in the Mishnah that in a case, there's a case where you only have to pay whatever the animal benefited. That's if it's causing damage by eating in the Rosh Hashanah, in the public domain. And we also said that if it eats something from the side, then it pays full damages. Amarav, Rav says, when does it pay full damages? It pays full damages when the animal was actually standing in the Rosh Hashanah, in the public domain, but it stuck its head onto the side where this food was, let's say. And therefore, that's why there's an obligation to pay, because it's actually causing damage on the side. Shmuel says, since the animal itself is in the Rosh Hashanah, in the public domain, therefore, there's no obligation to pay, because it goes by where the animal is standing. So Shmuel has to explain how do we have a case that in fact there will be an obligation to pay full damages on the side. Where it actually left the main part of the road and went in and stood on the side of the road and that's where it was causing the damage. That's, so therefore, since it's completely there, it goes by where the animal is standing. It's standing on the side and therefore there is an obligation to pay. Those who actually learned this argument between Rab and Shmuel as a separate statement, nothing to do with the Mishnah, Machzeres, in a case where the animal is standing in the Rishus Rabbim in the public domain and sticks its head into the side, Rav Amr Chayevis, Rav says there's an obligation to pay. Shmuel Amr Batur, Shmuel says no, there's no obligation. So then, how is Shmuel going to understand the Mishnah? What's the case where you're going to pay full damages on the side? The Machayevah, that there's an obligation? Again, it's where he's, the animal left the main part of the road, stood on the side, and therefore, it's now it's staying on the side and it's causing damage right there. Master of Nachman Yitzchak. Rav Nachman Yitzchak asked the following question. If an animal ate from the opening of the store, meaning outside of the store, so then you have to pay whatever it benefited. Now, this is a case similar to Tzidei Rishasarabim, the side of the public domain. And we see now, like Rav, What's the case? The only case that we could think of that could possibly be is where the animal is walking by and uh, and sticking out its head. That, and what does it say? That you only have to pay whatever the animal benefited. But not what it caused damage. So so it's a problem with Rav, because Rav said that in such a case you would have to pay the full damages. So how do you understand the Mishnah? He asked the question... And the answer to the question, the kind of the Karen Zavis, that the case is talking about where the, the store is actually coming, as you come around the turn, that's where the store is. So the store is actually sticking out into the Rosh Hashanah, into the public domain. So therefore, when the animal bumps into it, it's not at all like the animal is sticking its head into the to the side of the street, but rather the animal is actually in the Rosh Hashanah, the store is in the Rosh Hashanah, in the public domain, and therefore that's why there's no obligation to pay. But in fact, if the animal will go to the side, or the animal will stick its head into the side, according to Rav, then in fact there would be an obligation to pay fully. We have a different version of this argument between Rav and Shmuel. Machzeres, in regards to the case where an animal is walking along in the public domain and stuck its head into the side, everyone agrees that there is an obligation that goes after where the animal is eating. Where's the argument? The argument is in a case where someone had a private domain that was right next to the public domain, and he allowed part of his private domain to be used by the public. 
This is how it goes. Rav says, The only time that there's an obligation according to Rav is only if the animal was walking along in the public domain. He stuck his head to the side. But if someone gave part of his par- private domain to become part of the public domain, then there's not going to be an obligation. It's going to be considered completely like the Rishus Rabim, the public domain. And Shmuel says, No, that even in a case where a person made part of his private domain to, to be public access area, nevertheless, he hasn't completely made it the public access area, and therefore there will be an obligation for an animal's owner to pay if the animal ate some fruits that were left there by the owner. Let us say that this argument is actually the same argument in regards to a boar in his brishos. What's the case? The case is where a person allowed that part of his private domain should become part of the public domain. And in that area that he allowed to become part of the public domain, so he had a pit that was there. So a pit in a private property, so there's no obligation to pay if your animal walks into my pit, which is on my property. But if I have a pit that I dug in a public area, so there is an obligation to pay. Rav Amar Pater, Rav who says over here that in regards to an animal that caused damage in this area, the area again where I went and I allowed that part of my private area should become a public area. So Rav says that in such an area, so there's no obligation for the owner of the ox to pay for any damage caused to the fruits because this is, for all intents and purposes, considered like a public area. It's because he holds in regards to a pit, there is an obligation to pay because again, this area is considered like a public area. And if I have a pit which is in a public area, even though originally it was my private area, but now since it's public, so I have an obligation to pay if an ox falls in there. And Shmuel says that there is an obligation on the owner of the ox to pay if he walked into this area which was originally private and now became public. There is an obligation on him to pay for any damages caused because he holds Borbish was a potter. That, that being that, it's a, it's a private area that became public. So in regards to the boar also, is, there's no obligation for the person who owns the boar to pay. Why? Because it's considered that it, was, it still has certain aspects of being a private area. So Rav can respond and say, that we can say that it has nothing to do with the, one has nothing to do with the other. Really, I'll tell you in general, Rav will say, on Chafal of Ba'alma in general, that when you have a boar that was originally in my private domain and I allowed it to become public domain, there's no obligation for me to pay. So even though that implies that it's still considered in a certain sense a private domain, but still there would be no obligation on the person whose ox walked into that area to have to pay for any damages it caused. Vishani Hachawai, because it's different over here. Because the person will say, the owner of the ox will say, listen, it's true that, that you made this area, it was originally yours. However, you can't just open up your area to anyone to walk in there and, and expect that your fruits are not going to be eaten by animals that are walking along. So therefore, Rav would still hold, even though the area is somewhat considered his, it still could have an obligation on the person who caused the damage. A Shmuel Amr, and Shmuel could say, Ba'alma in general, that it could be perhaps in a certain sense, there would be an obligation, it is considered like a public domain. But we could still say that it's different in regards to a, to a pit, that there is an obligation, that is something that, that an animal will not notice, and therefore the animal will fall in, therefore you'll have an obligation to pay. But in regards to the fruits of such an area, can you say that the animal just didn't know the animal saw it, so there will still be an obligation on the owner of the animal to have to pay. The Gemara continues and says, Let us say that this whole concept of machzeres, when an animal is walking along in the Rishus Rabbim in the public domain and it sticks its head to the side of the Rishus Rabbim to the private domain and it eats something, let us say the argument between Rav and Shmuel, Rav saying that there's an obligation to pay and Shmuel saying that there's no obligation to pay, let us say that this is an argument between Tanoim. To Tanoim, we have a Brisa. 
Achla mitachrachava, if an animal ate from inside the road, meaning in the Rashusarab in the public domain, Mishalamismash Nehenis, it only has to pay whatever it benefited, meaning there's an obligation to pay the actual damages. However, if it ate from the side of the road, so it pays whatever the damages were, the full damages. This is the words of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda. It's not its way to eat, only to walk. What does that mean? So the Gemara in the Havimim holds Rabbi Yossi Hani Tanakama. Rabbi Yossi is exactly the same thing as the Tanakama, because as Rashi explains, so Rabbi Yossi is saying that it's not its way to eat, rather only to, to walk. So if it ate, there's an obligation to pay. So what does that mean? Where are we talking about? We can't be talking about the Rosh Hashanah, because at this point in the Gemara, everyone agrees that if it ate in Rosh Hashanah, it's not called Ubiyar Bistayachar, that it went in and caused damage in the person who got damaged in his field. So therefore, so everyone agrees that obviously in the Rosh Hashanah, in the public domain, there's an obligation to pay. So where's Rabbi Yassi saying that there's an obligation to pay? In, in the Tzidah Rosh Hashanah, so that's exactly the same thing as the Tanakhama, as a Rimeir and a Yehuda. So the Gemara says, El we can say that what's the difference between them? The case of Machzeres, so it's walking along and it sticks its head to the side. Tanakama sover Machzeres, nami mashalim mashinenis. The Tanakama holds that even in a case of Machzeres, where it's sticking its head to the side, that in fact it will also pay only whatever it benefited. Rabbi Yossi sover, Rabbi Yossi holds mashalimis mashizika, that no, it's not its way to eat and therefore it has to pay whatever damage it causes. So therefore we can see that it's the Machlokis Rabbin Shmuel. The Gemara answers, no, that's not the explanation of this Machlokis. The Kuliam, everyone agrees Machzeres, Ikiravi Kishmuel, everyone agrees either like Rav, there's an obligation to pay, like Shmuel, there's no obligation to pay. What are they arguing about? The pasuk of ubir b'steacher that the animal has to go and it has to cause damage in a different field. So we understood that until now to mean the field of the person who got damaged. They're arguing as follows: Marsover ubir b'steacher velobishusarab has to be in a different field and not in the public domain. If it's in the public domain, then there's no obligation to pay. That's the Tanakhama. Marsover ubir b'steacher velobishusamazik. And then Rabbi Yosi says that when does it, what does it mean when it says it has to be in a different domain? It means not in the rishus, not in the domain of the person causing damage. And therefore, so there is an obligation to, to pay, even in Rishus Rabbim, according to Rabbi Yaisi. So Gemara says, Rishus Hamazik, my boy. It can't be that we're coming to say that the only time that there's no obligation is in the Rishus of the Mazik, in the domain of the person who caused the damage, because that's obvious. The Torah would never have, we would never have a having, we would never think that there's an obligation in such a place, because he could always say, what's your fruits doing in my place, of course. So the Torah must be saying that there's no obligation in Rishus Rabbim, in the public domain. So Gemara says, what's the machlokas, what's the argument between them, has to do with the concept of Rabbi Oisha and Ilfa. Uh, one holds, that the, they're both saying that if an animal eats in the Rosh Hashanah, from on the back of another animal, let's say, or from, it jumps up and eats out of a box or something, so th- since there it's unusual, so Ilfa and Rabbi Yoshe have the shita, their, their shita is, they hold that there's an obligation to pay. And Rabbi Meir holds, not like Ilfa and Rabbi Yosha, he holds that in fact there's never going to be an obligation to pay in the Rosh Hashanah in the public domain. Whereas Rabbi Yosi, he holds that in fact there will be an obligation to pay in these cases of Ilfa and Rabbi Yosha, and that's what he means when he says the words, Ein darka le'echol el halich, it's not its way to eat in this unusual way, to jump up and eat something off the back of another animal. So therefore, in that case, he holds that there is in fact a chiyuv, there will be an obligation to pay chatzinezik, to pay half of damages. Now we begin the Mishnah. If you have a dog or a young goat that jumped off of a roof, and they broke vessels, so you have to pay full damages. Because that's a common thing for a dog and a young goat to do, to jump off of a roof. If a dog took a piece of cake, which was cooked on top of coals, 
Godish, and it went to a haystack. It ate the cake, and it lit up the haystack with a piece of the coal that was still left on the cake. So for the cakes, he has to pay full damages. But for the haystack, he only has to pay half the damages. The Gemara begins, Time of the Kavtsu, it's only because they jumped, Hanna flew Potter. But if it fell down on its own, so there's no obligation to pay. Amma, we can deduce, Kasavar, that Mishnah holds, If you start off doing something which was negligent, but the end result, the damage that was caused was out of something that was out of his control, Potter, there's no obligation, even though you started off with negligence. Tanya Namihach, we have a brace like this as well. Hakelavagdisha a dog and a young goat that jumped off from a roof, they damaged vessels, Mishnah has actually had to pay full damages. Nuflu, but if they fell down on their own and they didn't jump, so that's not something that you have an obligation for. So it's good according to the one who says that if it starts off without any kind of negligence and it ends off with something which which there was out of completely out of his control, Potter, that there's no obligation. So that's good according to our mission. According to the one who says that in such a case there is an obligation since you started off doing something which was negligent, even though the end the end result was that the damage was caused by something which was out of your control, that there's still an obligation. So how are you going to explain our Mishnah? What can we say? That the the vessels that got damaged were actually close to the wall. That when they jump off, that they actually won't fall on those those vessels that are right next to the wall. And it's not even considered that it's that it started off with any kind of negligence because if the animal will jump, it's not even going to fall on those vessels. Therefore, at the beginning, it, there was there was no pshia, there was no negligence, and at the end, there was no negligence. It was out of its control, and therefore, there's no obligation according to the one who says, even according to the one who says that chilas is where it started off doing something which was negligent and ended up doing something which was out of his control that there still is an obligation here there's no obligation because you started off and you ended off with no negligence said in the name of There are times when if the animal falls, there still will be an obligation for you to pay. You could have such a case where you have a wall that's on the edge of falling. So since there was there was already a pshia, there was already a negligence in regards to falling. What's the original negligence? That you have to be worried that perhaps uh, a brick is going to fall down and, and break some vessels? So in the end, the bricks didn't fall down because the wall was, it, there's a pshia, there's a negligence in regards to falling. Therefore, in the end, it's going to be considered that there's a negligence. So if, so again, in the end, the bricks didn't fall, but the animal is what fell. So, if anything, you started off doing an action which was negligent, but in the end, you did something that was that was totally out of your control. So the Gemara answers, like, no, where do we need a Bekotel Tsar? We're talking about a wall that's very thin, and therefore what happened was, explains Rashi, when the animal jumped, so it landed on the wall, the wall fen- fell down with the animal, and therefore the original Pshia, the original negligence that you had in regards to the wall, the wall might fall, it fell down also because of the Gedi, because of this uh, young goat that was jumping down with it. So therefore, the damage that was caused is tchilas bipshia v'seif bipshia, and therefore there's an obligation to pay. The Gemara continues. We learned in the Brisa: Akelav hagedish shedogu mimatalamala. If you have a dog or a young goat that jumped from from below to above, peturin. So there's no obligation to pay because that's unusual. Milamala lamata. But if they jump from above to below, chayovin. Then there is an obligation to pay. Adam v'tarigal shedogu mimilamala lamata bimilamata lamala chayovin. If you have a person or you have a rooster, so their way is to do it both ways: to jump from above to below, from below to above, and therefore any damage that was caused will have an obligation to pay. So the Gemara says: Vahatanya. We have a Brisa: Hakelav 
Magadisha dog Ben Milamala Lamata Ben Milamata Lamala Piturin that if you have a dog or a young goat that jumped either from above to below or below to above that there's no obligation. So how are you going to explain that? So Rapapa explains that they're talking about a case where it did something unusual Kaba Bizikira the dog it jumped down which is usually what happens with a Gedi with a young goat Vigadi Bisricha and the young goat it kind of fell down it, stick, it stuck its fingernails into the wall and it came down which is an unusual way f- for it that's what a dog usually does meaning they switch what they usually do so that's why there's no obligation to pay so why is there no obligation at all my answer is there's no obligation to pay the full damages but there is an obligation to pay half the damages because since it's unusual it's a total to Karen it's a total it's a subcategory of the concept of goring which is unusual and therefore there's an obligation to pay half the damages